0: Hello, I'm David Knight, and welcome to episode 2 of the EBU Radio Sport Podcast. In this edition we're going to review the Winter Olympics from Pyeongchang. I will be joined by representatives from Czech Radio, NRK in Norway, Swedish Radio, ARD in Germany and RTE in Ireland. And we'll discuss how successful the games were for broadcasters across Europe.
1: EBU's
2: Radio Sport Podcast.
0: The Olympics are probably one of the most important sporting events in most public service broadcasters' calendars. They often generate huge audience interest, but are generally also a challenge to cover both editorially and technically. At VRT in Belgium, we covered the Winter Olympics with only two multimedia reporters on site. But for Czech Radio, these games represented one of their biggest sporting operations to date. Here's František Kuna.
3: We had a special radio station just for the Olympic Games. It was uh, 24/7 broadcasting live about 14 hours per day. It depends what's uh, happening at the Olympics. At the biathlon and uh, ice hockey, we always had two reporters, sometimes with three at the hockey because of a busy mix zone. At the other sport, we had mostly just one reporter,
0: sometimes two if
3: we were expecting a medal event.
0: Mats Hobi was in PyeongChang for Norway's national broadcaster NRK.
4: For us in the NRK, the Olympics here in PyeongChang has been a great experience. Uh, for the first time, we've sent from the Olympics 24-7, covering every great moment on our radio channel NRK Sports here in South Korea, with both uh, reporters on-site at the arena and commentators
0: both here and uh, home in Norway. Keeping staff at home for off-tube commentary and remote production is becoming a standard as budgets are getting tighter. Here's Marcus Boga from Swedish Radio. From
1: home we had a digital team working with the website, social media, trying to interact with the audience. We were broadcasting around 200 hours from the games. We were 28 people on site. Of course we had some help from the Swedish athletes who made their most successful winter games ever. So we had really good figures.
0: ARD Radio. We did cover the games as we usual do. As Markus Stepper explains, Germany's ARD runs a sporting operation that is unique in that it acts like an agency, producing content for regional radio stations that fall under the ARD umbrella.
5: We have several pillars we are we are working on. First pillar is uh, let's say the core, the live coverage. Uh, we have a big news operation, uh, news and summaries on the hour, and, and at the end of the, of the competition day, uh, we have uh, people doing interviews and stories before and uh, after the competitions, and uh, we have three people ready for questions from our radio programs in Germany, from the hosts in Germany, and they are ready to talk about everything the hosts in Germany wanted to know.
0: These past games were the first under a new Discovery Eurosport rights contract. For RTE in Ireland, sending journalists to a Winter Olympics was a first. Here's Gary Moran.
6: Now RTE had never before had boots on the ground at a Winter Olympics and to tell the truth the only reason that we did so this year was because we were obliged to have a daily Winter Olympics television programme as part of the rights deal for the Summer Olympics. The items for radio were either recorded and emailed back to RTE with any live inserts done using a mobile phone with bespoke apps for broadcasting such as Tyline or Lucy Live. From a technical point of view it went smoothly.
0: Putting feet on the ground at any big sporting event will often lead to logistical or technical problems. Almost every broadcaster complained about transport issues and catering in Rio. I remember for instance having to eat my dinner while I was queuing to pay for it, as the processing at the cash register was rather slow, to put it mildly. But Marcus Böger from Swedish Radio says these games were very different.
1: Compared to Rio and according to my colleagues, compared with several other games, almost everything worked out really good. Transport was in time, the broadcaster center was functional, the koreans were very helpful. Actually, the biggest problem was the weather. It was cold and windy. So Unfortunately, we have to stop the training now. Several events was cancelled and of course, sometimes at uh, prime time in the morning, there wasn't that much live sport to cover and uh, that was a challenge to produce
0: high quality material. Here's Marcus Stepper from ARD so the games
1: have
5: been very well organized by the South Koreans great facilities uh, for sports for the athletes as well as for the media uh, very professional operations uh, delivered by OBS, uh, very big IBC and all those issues we had during the Rio games nothing to complain about, we had shuttle buses on time, we had electricity, we had circuits and ISDN lines working uh, we had Wi-Fi working Okay. During a big event, especially up in the mountains, under very, let's say, difficult weather conditions, you always have some dropouts, uh, buses stuck in the snow or some lines aren't working.
3: Sometimes uh, we all had uh, problems with the internet connection in the Venue media center. Hotspot by mobile phone was a solution.
0: František Kuna from Czech Radio.
3: I was at, uh, I guess, more than half of the venues. There were no big problems. Difficulties for reporter work were in the ice hockey mix zone. Many players at one time, but. That's the sport
0: of ice hockey. The hardest part of any Olympics is just the sheer scale of the event. It's hard to explain to anybody who's never worked on an Olympics just what to expect. You have multiple sports happening at one time, you're often expected to be in more than one place at a time and the hours are often extreme. Here's František again.
3: We had uh, some time at the beginning of the Olympic Games during our free time to visit some other sport and trust me there was not so much strength to do it all the time during the Olympics. It is difficult to work all day, almost three weeks, but uh,
0: for us it's, I guess, still fun. Here's Mats from NRK with some advice for anyone covering their first Olympics.
4: My advice would be to work as hard as you can, of course, and uh, try to find the good stories that your colleagues uh, may not think of, and the stories, uh, they definitely exist in the Olympics. And of course, sleep and eat when you have the possibility.
0: It's a lot of work. Marcus from ARD says it's important to stay focused.
5: Don't be stressed by the universe of impressions, the universe of competitions, the universe of daily events. Make sure that you get enough sleep make sure that you get enough to eat enough to drink you have long days and you have to be in the same shape at the start of the Olympics like at the end of the Olympics so take care of yourself and of your of your job and your issues you're dealing with.
0: Here's Marcus from Swedish Radio.
1: If you're into sports of course this is one of the biggest moments you will have and I'm sure it will be a moment of your life with a lot of experiences but it could also be a little bit frustrating. You're away from home a long time. You will live uh, with people you haven't chosen. The transports are maybe late. The food is maybe boring or expensive. I would say it's important to be prepared for that. Everything will not work perfect. Everyone doesn't behave perfect. You yourself, even if you will have a lot of fun, you probably will have a day or two when you're not on top. Try to find someone, a colleague or one in the lead team that you can talk to just to debrief. Also try to at least get one day off. Try to explore the city you visit. Get a break from the Olympic bubble. That's an
0: advice from me. And Gary's advice is almost identical.
6: Veteran Olympic reporters know all about the long hours, occasional transport difficulties and so forth. There's not much you can do about that, but you can plan. You can go with the flow and keep a smile on your face or at least keep a frown off it, and just occasionally get outside the Olympic bubble and at least get a small taste of the host city. When you look back years after, you want to know that you've done a good job, that you've serviced your viewers and listeners in a professional way, and that you have enjoyed the experience, that's a pretty good combination.
0: You're listening to the EBU Radio Sport Podcast. Stick around till the end of the podcast to discover the app or service that you can use to impress all of your colleagues this month. I'm David Natt with a review of the Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang. For any broadcaster, there has to be a debate about whether any sport is still relevant to their audience and whether the cost of rights and coverage is worth the expense. But on the other hand, many broadcasters also have a public service obligation to cover a minimum of so-called smaller sports. In the case of VRT we're talking about a minimum of 30. And Markus Stepper from ARD sees the Olympics as a breath of fresh air.
5: Our daily business is mostly dominated by football and football issues and all those football stuff coming up uh, on a daily basis. But if you're at the Olympics, You see that there is another world of big sports, another big athletes, big competitions, as well as big issues like sports politics, like doping, and so it is still a, a big, big event for radio, especially if you take a look on the time shift between Europe and Southeast Asia. Most of the, of the relevant decision for our German listeners took place at noontime or at the late afternoon. So this is not a bad time for radio.
1: Many events are when you're supposed to go to school or work. It's so easy listening to radio on the bus, even when you work. Here's Marcus from Swedish Swedish Radio. Radio has also developed an easy system to find digital highlights, standalone clips in mobile app. Every day we had these five, six top stories, just a picture and sound, who started automatically in the app. And we could see that uh, this was uh, very popular. The sound clips increased with several hundred percent during the Olympics. Matt Hobie from NRK.
4: What we've seen uh, is that during the Olympics, more people between the age of 12 and 25 have listened to the radio. With our new 24-hour radio channel, we play music who is uh, adjusted to a younger part of the public. And uh, that combined with all the sports we are airing,
0: we see that we reach out to them as well. Frantisek Kuna was pleased with the way young people engaged with Czech radio.
3: I got some messages of uh, how young people listening to radio at the work, because they had no TV. I guess social media will help to take more young people for us. We as a reporters uh, were also able to work with the social media uh, as an administrator. Our pages at the Facebook, Twitter or Instagram.
0: Some of the winter sports represented in South Korea weren't necessarily important to every audience. Here's Gary Moran from RTE in Ireland.
6: Taking an Irish audience specifically, there were other events of more interest to more of the population going on in February. For example, Ireland going very well in the Six Nations Rugby Championship. Viewing figures for that would dwarf anything for the Winter Olympics. There would be massive viewership for the final match of the championship. And the second most important competitions in the indigenous sports of Hurling and Gaelic football are being played in a more compressed season of just 10 weeks from late January to the end of March. So they're a big draw also. So people have stronger identifications with the outcomes of those. They're more invested in the results than say the curling final in Korea. I'm not sure that curling has ever been played on the island of Ireland. So in summary I can say that the Winter Olympics was a qualified success for us and that viewing figures for a TV highlights program in sports that only matter to a very small niche percentage of the population were somewhat better than expected, and that's good. Would there be a huge outcry among the Irish public if we didn't cover the Winter Olympics in similar fashion in four years' time? No.
0: But let's try to leave this podcast on a positive with some highlights from our colleagues. Here's Marcus Stepper from ARD.
5: My Olympic moment and my big Olympic radio moment was the coverage of my colleague uh, Burkhard Huppe, who's doing the ice hockey coverage, and it was at the end... Of the uh, quarterfinal between Sweden and Germany in the overtime, when there was a shootout goal uh, with the with the video decision of the of the referee, I think even if you're if you're not familiar with German, uh, you will understand what happens in this particular situation.
2: Zeig in die Mitte, zeig in die the Mitte, dann steht Deutschland im Halbfinale. Was sagt er? Yeah. Ja, haben ein gutes Tor, ein wunderbares Tor, ein Tor, das Geschichte schreibt Patrick Reimer schießt Deutschland ins Halbfinale der Olympischen Spiele in Das ist nicht zu glauben. Das ist ein Eishockey-Wunder. Das ist der größte Erfolg der deutschen Eishockey-Nationalmannschaft. Das ist größer als Innsbruck. Das ist größer als alles, was es bisher gegeben hat. Deutschland unter den besten vier bei Olympia. Und wir liegen uns hier in den Arm und es fließen die Tränen. Es ist wunderschön. Deutschland schlägt den Weltmeister Schweden mit 4 zu 3 nach Verlängerung. Ich glaube es nicht.
0: Yeah, L from NRK has picked his highlight.
6: Marit Bjørgen finished her Olympic career by becoming the most decorated Winter Olympian when she took Olympic gold medal number no. eight on the 30-kilometer mass start classic on the last day of the Pyeongchang Games. That also made Norway the best nation in Winter Olympic Games ever: 14 gold medals, 14 silver medals, and 11 bronze medals, and the most memorable one, Marit Bjørgen. <laughs> Till
4: och varföran björn är de? Föran olarna björn allt på
3: listan. Det är er ingen över, ingen. Med sidan av Marie Björgen. Hon är er den största genom alla tider och blir tidens vinterolympier I detta ögonblick kryssar måltrekan ol för alldeles sistekan och för en final och för en punktum. Ja vinner tre mål till. i
1: OL säsongen året efter.
0: Marcus Boga covered a hugely successful Olympics for Sweden.
1: I had the opportunity to be on site when Sweden, with Charlotte Kalla and Stina Nilsson in cross-country, took two of the in total seven Swedish gold medals. But for me, the most memorable moment was this. <laughs> The North Korean fans, about 225 young North Korean girls, extremely synchronized with the same clothes, spread around the ice hockey arena for example. Actually, they didn't care that much what was going on with the ice. And they didn't care Korea lost all their matches and only produced three goals during the whole tournament. A little bit of a symbol and a reminder for these games about the political situation in Korea that wasn't that present during the games. Here you could see the cultural and maybe even political differences in the sports arena.
0: My thanks to Markus Böger from Swedish Radio, Matt Hobie and Gáel from NRK, František Kuna from Czech Radio, Marcus Stepper from ARD, and Gary Morin from RTE. And thank you for listening to the latest edition of the EBU Radio Sport Podcast. But we can't let you go without a little present from us here at EBU. It's time to bring in our esteemed leader, Christophe Pasquier, the mad professor in his social media laboratory, with his app or service to watch for this month.
2: Last month, I told you about EBU's storyboard tool, a browser-based visual editor that allows you to create video content from audio clips. Before I move on, I want to promote a masterclass we'll be holding in May, where you can learn about storyboard and how it helps shape your social media strategy. Search for the EBU Academy Online to find out more. This month, I want to tell you about another browser-based tool called Dazzle. Operating with mobile phones as cameras offering multiple live videos from various angles, locations and perspectives, Dazzle allows you to switch between these sources to create a professional live stream. I had the pleasure of seeing this tool in action at the EHF Men's Handball EuroChamps final in Zagreb, Croatia. The guys were using the tool to link live to mobile journalists around the stadium. Reporters from Swedish Radio and Cadena Ser contributed to a warm-up program streamed on Facebook Live and YouTube just before Sweden vs. Spain. If you would be curious about this brand-new video cloud platform, dazzle.tv is the place to go to find out more,
0: thank you, Christoph, and thank you for listening.